Yeah. You know how I feel. I'm in love with you still. Yeah. It helps, but it kills. You're loving, you're loving. It hurts, it heals. It breaks, but it builds. Oh yeah. Your power and your will. Your loving. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 66 of High Top Flip Flops. As always, it is I, Chris, aka Chris, aka not Chris, aka bash me outside because I don't fight, I just get beat up, aka Lil Poopy Dirt, aka Mr. Date Your Girl With You, aka Dr. Do Too Little, aka It's Not You, It's Not Me. We're just going through a tough time right now. And as always, I'm here with Navek. Hey, it's Navek, aka Navek, aka Mr. Run Up on Your Girl, Say Hello, Then Run Away, aka The Kirkland Cowboy. A.K.A. Lil Couch, A.K.A. Two Cockshaker, A.K.A. Hey, I'm sorry. This is a strictly for the boys only summer. Only boys around me. That's my summer. And we have uh, an amazing guest here today. We have a super special guest today. Um, we've been excited to sit down with them for a very long time. Today with us we have Noor Khan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Do you have any A.K.A.s of your own? Not yet. Okay. Maybe after the show. Maybe by, by the end of the episode, yeah. we can try and help you come up with one. Um, we're not very good at it, but we'll try. I'm and, down. And cool. See it, it comes seems like you. y'all are really good at it. I would <laughs> say that we're all, we are just good at creating things. Oh, God. Here we I go. mean, I, we, we're making this content right now. You're mm-hmm. always making content. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> everybody in this room is content creating. So <laughs> Please don't like, ever call maybe, me a content. We're just uh, creating some content. <laughs> um before before we continue we should also uh shout out a very special behind the scenes guest we have uh our good pal mish here who's taking some photos who's taking care of our camera for us um thank you for joining us thank you for hanging out with us money Um, mish yeah money mish one aka that's okay (laughs) we'll 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 find room for you as well um but seriously thank you so much for joining us thank you for letting us uh record in your family home and provide us and for providing us with this with this tea as well uh it was something that you mentioned to me jokingly prior to um but we do greatly appreciate it um to briefly introduce our good pal Noor, uh, Noor is an artist. Noor is a director. Noor is a producer. Uh, you know, a, a content creator is a good friend here in the vacancy. We'll never. <laughs> We will never, we will never call you a content creator. We promise. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Only sure. we only keep content creators for self-proclaimed content creators, um, and that's it. And I only know like a handful of them, and none of them are my friends. So <laughs> it's a good, it's a good place to be. Yeah. You know, you know what? Mm. Everybody is a creator in some sort of way, and we should fight for the creators. That's fair. I that's fair. Always fight for the creators and. You know, whether you're making a six-second video of you, you know, just pouring water on your dog's right. head, or if you're, you know, making a motion picture film, that's two creators right there to me. Fair enough. Man. He's right. He's right. <laughs> you just made that up, didn't you? Thank you, man. No, I think about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm. Um... So we obviously want to talk to you, Noor, about um, some of the work that you've done and obviously your, your relationship to, to to Scarborough and, you know, everything that you've kind of got going on as well and um, and, and get to know you through the process. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll maybe start with, 
with this home that we're currently in. Uh, something that we talked about off the record before starting is that, um, you know, when we do have the privilege of recording in someone's home, it is a kind of special thing, right? Um, it is a place of comfort, it is a place of solace for most people. Uh, and I'm curious to know, with for you, um, what is your relationship to, to this space in particular? Um, this is actually a very special home to me. Um, I moved to this specific home two years ago and, um, my, it's, it's basically like my parents retirement home. Mm. Um, and my aunt and uncle actually live like a two minute walk away, like just like that way. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And so they wanted to be um, closer to like the rest of the family. My other cousin lives literally three minute walk away. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm not joking. Like this is walking distance. Yeah. That's amazing. And then another cousin and my aunt live like a five minute drive away. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by family and it's just so great to be like here. Um, and they decided to move here after my, um, my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be like close to the hospital, like everything. So yeah. like, it's a really, this is a neighborhood that I've probably known the longest in my life. Um, cause I moved around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a very important place. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. And being that close to, to family, um, yeah, I think in retrospect or even when, you know, you've been able to kind of work through, um, any like any ill will or like resentment because that can happen that and those those tensions can build up family beefs mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. real things oh, yeah. as you said um do you ever feel like that kind of like element of surveillance is there for you P- particularly with your your family unit do you feel like for the most part everyone is willing to to give you the space to to do what you need to do i definitely like fought for my space nice yeah and i have have been fighting for my space since i was younger mm. which has paid off now i okay. feel and now when i really need it i get it Right. So I'm happy that I was that like resistant, resilient, yeah, 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 yeah. like rebellious. Fair, fair enough. Like youth. Because um, now, yeah, now when I want the space, I get it. Like okay. I, yeah. So I can turn off and I can turn on and it's like the best balance. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. That's special. Because yeah. that is something that we wonder about too is like sometimes having that many people who know you so intimately around you can right. uh, can become like pervasive, right? It can yeah. become kind of like... All right, I don't need to know like when I'm leaving the house at 11 oh, yeah. p.m. and you're just like, your uncle's just like watering oh, the yeah. lawn. It's like, why are you watering the oh, lawn? My cousin will literally like they live across and there is um there's a stop sign like a three way stop sign <laughs> yeah. in front of my bedroom window. Oh my god! And okay, they sick. will literally like flash their headlights in my window and be like, "We see you." Wow! Like, close your curtains. Dang, <laughs> dang, dang, okay. And like, I just know it's it's funny. It's they're they're good. They're great. On like, one hand, it's like, yeah, shout out to you for the heads up. But also, like, <laughs> don't watch me. Don't watch yeah. me like that. <laughs> um, and obviously, as you mentioned earlier, this home is in Scarborough. Um, and it's a special place. And we'll, we'll certainly talk about this. Um, but something that we, that we always have to do, uh, it's a special segment when we talk to, to Scarborough residents. It's a segment called Rep Your Intersection. Ooh. You got to rep, rep your intersection. Yeah. Uh, and then we just have to compare it to where Nevake lives because that's just what we do every time. So please tell us what is the, the closest major intersection to where you live, and and you know if if you were in court and you were fighting for why this intersection was the, the best intersection around, go ahead. So I actually I cheat and I change my intersection okay, from okay. time to time because I'm in the middle of two really dope intersections. Okay. So so when I want to be like 
cooler. Mm. I'll say I'm from like Danforth and Eglinton. Okay, okay, okay. Because that's closer to Kennedy Station. Like it's just closer to Eglinton in general. Right. Um, and Danforth in general because like, you know, McCowan becomes Danforth, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true. It is true. It's more relatable to people who live downtown too because when right. you say McCowan, they're like, where the fuck is that? Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah. when I'm talking, to, it depends who I'm talking to. I see, I see. Yeah, and then like when it's actually people from Scarborough, I'll be like, yeah, I'm from like Lawrence and McCowan. <laughs> Lawrence and McCowan, <laughs> Right okay. next to like the the hospital and they'll be like, oh, we're in, yeah. Like, right. The hospital neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know it. They know by like the TTC bus. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. 115. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, solid, solid neighborhood in my opinion. Um, kind of interesting. Out. Um, you know, I picked grew up at McCown and Finch, uh, mm. right, right down here. Mm. Uh, have you had any positive experiences ever over there? <laughs> over yonder. McCown and Finch. Mm-hmm. All I know is the McDonald's and and that like plaza. And the condo that's right in front of it. <laughs> right. That's like li- literally all. And maybe my eyebrow lady that's like probably around there. Shout out to the I'm, eyebrow lady. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Shout out to the eyebrow lady. Her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is huge actually. Um, no, that, uh, that intersection is known for, for all the, the uh, people that tend to your face. Co- you know? Is that cosmetic? Is that, is that what it would fall under? Cosmetics category? Yeah, we're, yeah. Okay, okay. Eyebrows, haircuts, um, and you know we got the people that. What else, man? Like, what else? Um, what else? What are the big three? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> eyelashes, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, great, positive. <laughs> um, I too, you know, I've garnered numerous experiences at Canada. Oh yeah. I mean, my first time uh, being with my friends who dated a girl whose older brother didn't like us. Mm. You know, dumped us. Mm. Oh, damn. And that's, that's honestly an experience that I'll never forget. Right. Mainly because he wouldn't let me forget. He would hold me <laughs> and say, you, Stop uh, d- uh, dating my sister to my friend. Right. And you know what? After we got him off, and they, they were carrying poles. Carrying poles? Oh my gosh. Okay. On some uh, 18 year old. Um, Where do you but get But you know from? what? That's not uh, what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so. We obviously talked about Scarborough. We're going to backtrack a little bit because it's always worth um, reflecting a little bit on maybe like our, our heritage or our lineage a little bit. Um, and something we know about you is that um, you you weren't born in Canada. Is that correct? You were born in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Okay. And how uh, long after, it's a weird way of phrasing it, how long after birth did you move to Canada? How old were you good, when you moved to Canada? Yeah. I should just say how, how old were you when you moved to you? But yeah. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. I was eight when I moved. You're or eight. Like, yeah, I think I was turning eight when I moved okay. to Canada. Wow. Um, but I had been visiting. Uh, actually, my my mom's like whole family had been living in Canada. Mm. Um, since the seventies. Okay. Yeah, and my mom and my dad were the only ones that like didn't ever move, like migrate to Canada. Right. Right. So, um, I would visit my grandma every summer. Here okay. in Scarborough, like right. literally here in Bendale. Wow. McCown and Lawrence. Damn, okay. Yeah, so, um, and then one day we, we migrated. Right. Um, but we actually went to Whitby, Ontario first. Wow. Yeah. To our ends. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah thank you so sorry. much for the apology. I appreciate <laughs> it because so traumatic. <laughs> 2002. Oh. Yeah. Man. We, 
Yeah, absolutely traumatic. So yeah. sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Whippy is like okay now. They have a really great accessible ability center. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, you know, it's pretty awful. Um, but hey, you're here now or you're back here now after spending that time traveling back and forth as a, as a child. Um, and do you think and have you since since uh, adulthood, have you gone back to Saudi Arabia? Have you spent time there? Yeah, my parents actually live um, in Saudi Arabia. They never migrated with me. Okay. Yeah, so my mom actually for a point did. Right. Um, and then she left back home when I was, I guess, like old enough to take care of myself. Right, right, right. Um, but it's weird because I call myself like a 1.5 generation mm. immigrant. Yeah. Um, and I operate as like, because I, I still have my aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. That would like give me that you know that first gen like their first generation knowledge right um but then my parents don't have that first generation knowledge because they haven't migrated here so yeah i'm kind of you know i'm on my own still at the same right time. yeah right and how do you find that uh challenging do you find it liberating it's it's interesting is what mm-hmm. i'm gonna say yeah. it's really interesting it can be really hard definitely like i've seen the difference between like how i grew up um versus my cousins that are second generation Mm -hmm. and you know in certain respects it was definitely like easier for them to navigate like society yeah um education etc i definitely have my challenges with that but like i'm just thankful to be like different in a way Mm -hmm. and having like the blessing of like being able to have ties back home yes yeah yeah because i saw that they didn't have that my cousins didn't have that Mm -hmm. and like i appreciate it I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that was, that was something that we, we, we kind of cared to ask you and that puts a lot of things into perspective is, um, is like what that relationship to, um, to what you refer to as, as home, right? Or like the homeland. Um, because for folks, yeah, who are second generation or who have spent their whole lives here or, or were Canadian citizens from birth, um, there is this like this displacement, right? That's like very much... I mean, I'll speak for myself is very much the case for me where um, having been born here uh, and having still having family in, in Sri Lanka and um, having visited there when I was like 12, but again, having like no context as to like what state the country was in or like, you know, what uh, like kind of like political like consequences there were to like being a Tamil person like on the island Mm. um none of that really clicked to me and you know I don't necessarily blame my parents or like put that on them by any means um but it kind of just like is a way to show or like a way that that symbolizes that that difficulty or or that disparity I think exists Mm. um do you feel like yeah your connection with Saudi Arabia, your connection with the the homeland is something that is strong for you. Do you feel do you feel like any any bits of conflict, given that you've spent so much time uh, in both places? Um. So this is the thing. My parents are actually Pakistani. Mm. Yeah, okay. and so they migrated. Um, just like you know, there's a lot of South Asians in Saudi Arabia that are that work in South Asia. I'm uh, sorry, and work in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, there's a big migration. So. Um, I, my dad would actually, so it's funny because my mom would, we would come here to Canada, um, to see my, my mom's family, right. but I'd go to Pakistan to see my dad's family during wow. the winter, okay. my winter breaks were in, in, in Pakistan Damn. and my, yeah. And my summer breaks were in Canada. 
Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, that's a lot of traveling. Yeah, that's a, it's a lot of yeah, traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my brothers actually didn't have that privilege. Mm. Um, they're a lot older than me, and like my parents just couldn't afford to, you know, be traveling that much yeah. with like two sons. For sure. But when I came along after like a long time, yeah. they were able to. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, they were Delta able to like finesse, afford that. But um, I don't feel like I have a connection to like Saudi Arabia as much just because of South Asians being like second class right. people there. Right. Um, like we don't even have citizenship. We like my parents mm. are still still Pakistani. And I was still right. Pakistani, even though I was born in Saudi wow. Arabia. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and then Pakistan all the family friends that I had were Pakistani as well. Um, and I went to school with, you know, a bunch of people. Like, a, it was basically, like, felt like Toronto because there were so many people from different places. Migrants. Yeah. Just, like, right. all migrants. Um, but, yeah, like, that, I didn't feel like I was necessarily Saudi or connected to Saudi culture. Mm. But sometimes I think, like, that's false because they're definitely was some some exposure yeah and it definitely does mesh into my my um just like the culture that i identify as it's yeah, like for hard sure. for me to be like i'm only south asian because there's so much of like um that like i call it the gulf because mm. like middle the middle east is so big that yeah. there's so many different cultures yeah seriously. so yeah so i usually say like it's it's the gulf culture that i'm familiar mm-hmm. with and it does have like a very distinct um you know elements to it that i think i like you can probably see them around my house too yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i can I, I think the uh the like word that is popularly used right now is nuances mm. there's nuances to mm. to the culture um and that makes perfect sense and we appreciate you providing that context as well was it in um was it from like a, a very young age or do you feel like it was when you spent more time kind of permanently here in canada um, that you feel like art was something that you were kind of actively paying attention to? Because I realize that's like, it's a question we, we often ask people is like, oh, you know, when when was it that, you know, your your relationship to, to creating art or relationship to music kind of started? Um, and that question can can range. And oftentimes it can start with like, oh, you know, I played this instrument when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is kind of like a turning point, right? Where it's like, oh, this is something that I, it, it makes me feel away or... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, perhaps it can come from like external validation. It's like, oh shit, and where are you? This is like something you're sick at. Um, was there a point for you where you can kind of track back and, and think like, oh, this is where I was becoming intentional with like creating art or um, trying to express yourself uh, artistically? Hmm, like a defining moment. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. That yeah, maybe that's that's a tough question for me to ask because it, sometimes it's not as like clear cut yeah. like that, right? Yeah. For sure. Um, but do you feel like there was maybe like a a point in your life or um a particular like age that you remember kind of starting mm-hmm. to invest more time into creating art or like even writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure, I because I was so migrant, mm-hmm. um, and I always moved around with my mom usually okay um and my dad was um you know back home uh working um i obviously like went through a bunch of like different education systems and like you know like my math fell behind like my english fell behind like everything my science fell behind yeah yeah yeah. um and just also sometimes i was too ahead like it was just a lot of you know differences when i was moving but 
like my I had one parent like with me all the time and, and the only thing she kind of like, knew or like wanted to know was art like that was the only thing like she was just mm. would offer me help with um and it was mostly just like fine art because my mom had like um I, I guess like studied textile art in South Asia because Amazing. most of like the art is like you know textile clothing etc and That's right. yeah so she had um she had that knowledge and um she would refuse to help me with anything else (laughs) if you have anything like if you have even if it's a science project and you have to make a billboard like you know like you have to make like a a poster board thing she's like i'll do that for you like just anything design design based that's great anything related to like that um and i didn't really pay attention to it as much like it didn't like matter to me or didn't like Mm. um well, I mean, I was thankful, but I just, it, I didn't realize that I was being trained for something right. necessarily. Um, right. Yeah. Because I, when I went to like high school, I, um, first I wanted to go into medical school. Whoa. Yeah. Act, like an active, active decision. Yeah. Yeah. Like Damn. I was just like, you know, like I can do this. Like I want to go to med- medical school. And there's no one guiding you towards My dad. Yeah, you know, your South Asian parent, one of them. That's the thing. It's like we get fooled. We're like, we're 18. You know, you're doing good. And these questions are like, I'm going to become a doctor. Your parents are like, yeah, yeah, we've conditioned them well. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, this is your decision. Totally. Yeah, just uh, just shocked just because your mom was so supportive. You know, I feel like the moments we mention any sort of creativity, our parents are like, okay, relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I feel like nobody knew how to be an artist and survive as an artist especially in the west right because Mm -hmm. like they understood like how to be an artist in south asia per per se but they were like how are you going to be a brown girl in the west right making art like you know like how does that work um yeah so that was not like a case at all like my brothers one of them is a lawyer and the other one like basically studied did his mba so like they're Shout just like straight yeah like my brothers are great they're really great <laughs> they they basically are the reason why I can do what I do fair <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah they yeah. are this, this you know they met they the fulfilled. quota oh yeah they met the quota oh, yeah I'm like <laughs> uh, for yourself and say you're definitely headed towards that yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I was just like, okay, this medical school probably would take me <laughs> Dang, man. down the Good road. for you. Yeah, like there was just things that I was... And then when I... What happened... What ended up happening like, <laughs> when I got to like grade 11 was... The um, ultimate curveball. I, well, I realized that I, like out of all three sciences, I was the worst at biology. Oh, shit. <laughs> so like I feel like I could have probably been an engineer more than I could have, you know? And then I was like, hey, like maybe... You know, I've always been really interested in technology mm-hmm. um whether it's a camera whether it's like you know a computer whether it's like software yeah. whatever like i've always been obsessed with technology right. so then when i started doing better in the other sciences <laughs> i was like oh well you know there's the other one mechanical engineering <laughs> you know it's cool it's you fun know, the other one kicked in yeah. but then that only lasted like maybe a month mm. um because i knew how much math there would be and i was like literally i'd fail math I, i'd fail math all right. the time like that was just my life. Did you have functions or fail? Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. Like none of those. I don't even. I don't even know if I like. I still to this day don't even know if <laughs> I took. Advanced functions, man. Come you on. You want to know a sad story? In university, Always. I actually had to take economics courses. Um, oh shoot! Okay. Even though I studied um, international development studies, like okay. critical development studies. Right. Um, so basically, I studied social sciences. Right. Um, 
but I had to take economics because like, you know, that's how the world works. And it's yeah. It's, it's the one course that uh, like, yeah, especially with the social sciences, the one that seems to be like the killer for a lot of people because it involves oh, yeah. the math involves the stats. Oh but yeah. Please go ahead. Um, so I, to this day will have nightmares that I never graduated university oh my God. because I never took that course or I <laughs> failed it because I did fail it once Oh shit. and I literally will wake up and I'm like, where's my degree? <laughs> Cause I don't know where that paper is. I really don't even know where I put it. So, because it's a flimsy ass thing, like, you know, they cheap out. So, I yeah. literally will wake up and I'm like, did I graduate? Did I graduate? Because my parents didn't attend my, my, attend my graduation. My brothers did. Right, right. And, like, I don't even remember that day. So, I'm just like, but I have to remember, I have to really recall, like, did I graduate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might did need to happen? just, like, put that right on, like, the wall yeah. as soon as you wake up. I, I think I need to, like, actually frame it somehow. To do that. Maybe have Mish message you every morning just to be like, yo. Right? confirming you Yo, graduated Mish, this like, happened <laughs> this is real i shouldn't even be saying this in front of her because misha hasn't graduated yet okay no one gets out of uft misha's pushing hard through uft but listen you're gonna make it you're gonna make it to the people who can't hear her she has five classes left. You know, we're getting a GoFundMe page started because you need the money. This is really right? important. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I appreciate this so much. GoFundMe yes. forward slash. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, make money for Mish. Make oh, money. Okay. We're make money, money, money. Make, make money for money. Make money for money. That's money right. Money making Mish. Money. Yes. <laughs> there we go. We figured it out. Um, but yes, U of T is a, is a unique place that... Uh, nor Naveka and I have an experience kind of grinding through. So truthfully, that's like something we would love to empathize with, but also it's just so different, you know, so different from what we, uh, what we've experienced. So we, uh, we stand with you folks for getting through. You graduate. It's done. It's yeah, a truth. It's done. Okay. It's, over. it's been said on this podcast. That's, you know, it's, it's a real <laughs> and Mish, you're on the way. Five more classes. You're almost there. You got the GoFundMe on the way, man. It's fine. <laughs> After this podcast, we're going to make you go fund me. We haven't figured out like what the money's going for for accountability measures, but it's oh, fine. So we have a Patreon going. Oh, right. Um, so I think uh, 50 bucks is I rob someone's ex. That's right. I rob someone's dad. All right. 5,000, I joined the military. You joined the military. That's right. So how much is your tuition? Like 500 bucks or something? 500? Oh, for like half a class? For half a class, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so times 10. Times five, sorry. You know what? you donate to our patreon all well, the money all the money or a good section of the money will be going to me <laughs> that's right all of it that's right and and we'll still rob your ex too whoever whoever uh, decides to share the money um okay so uh we fast forward uh to, you know through the time that you spent um getting or, or kind of growing building a relationship with art uh of course going through the ups and downs of figuring out what you kind of wanted to pursue in post-secondary um you mentioned uh, studying um critical studies or, or international development mm -hmm. um and you know we yeah we fast forward to last year and this is kind of where where Naveka and i got to experience um or, or learned of, i think two two things in particular um, one was a really uh, kind of like mind-blowing uh, installation at Nuit Blanche last year, um, which mm -hmm. is something that you you worked on with um, 
someone named Hiba. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and uh, that's something, you know, we certainly want to kind of ask you more about. Um, but I think one piece that uh, for sure resonated with the two of us as well um, is East. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the short film East, A Relationship. Uh, we've had the, the kind of chance to, to watch it. And I think for, for you know, different reasons, um, they resonated, whether it's just, you know, the shots and a lot of familiar scenes, mm-hmm. uh, but also what it was that you, you kind of cared to talk about and the kind of um, conflicting ideas maybe, right? And, mm-hmm. and trying, to, trying to navigate through those feelings or those emotions. Um, I guess we, to, to kind of begin with East especially, um, we, were, we were curious to know what drove you um, to, to kind of create that. Obviously, it was um, inspired by, you know, a lived experience. Um, but what was the kind of what was the the point where you where you could envision and you saw that putting this into a short film was something that was that was doable? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I knew that. Um, so even before I graduated, uh, I knew that I wanted to leave um, academia completely mm. and start practicing um, art. Right. Um, so I. Sp- applied for a grant within my university right even though i wasn't an art student i think wow you still do well. certified finesse <laughs> year, 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 year. perfect so i you know got some funding and i had some friends i had um, a videographer named Carisa santos it's from scarborough as well mm-hmm. drone operator named marlin who's also from scarborough beautiful drone shots yeah yeah so really great he's amazing he's absolutely phenomenal um yeah shout out to him kid october on instagram kid october phenomenal we know kid october we also didn't realize we didn't realize his uh their first name there but yeah we we're familiar with their work awesome yeah phenomenal such a good person too yeah um but i just like realized it it was just like i i was wondering what medium to choose Mm -hmm. because first i was like okay like this is going to be like a photo essay because i have a lot of writings Mm. on scarborough you know um and then i was just like i don't want to do that i feel like i've done a lot of writing right whatever and then um i wanted it to be collaborative so i was like maybe i should get people to um submit writings to me and then we can make this like kind of a zine situation or right. a publication and then that fell through because i was just like no like i feel like that's been done i've you know in university there there were a lot of zines being made and everything right. but like i just don't think like the again the writing medium we need to move forward right. um so then i was like oh like i've been doing still photo for you know a very long time i was actually trained in darkroom photography in high school okay um my high school had a dark room and i you know to, yeah and that's when i you know felt this attachment to like the process of being in the dark room and yeah. um i had my my dad's camera um Amazing. that was passed down to me that he didn't know how to use Whoa. he like bought it off my uncle Shit. um yeah and it's a canon t70 that misha's actually using right now Whoa. yeah Full circle yeah Full circle. yeah so it it's a really special camera and so I, I actually had been shooting with it throughout high school um and then i stopped sh- like taking photos completely in um undergrad um but here and there like after i guess like the f- last year the last two years i kind of picked picked things up a little bit mm-hmm. more yeah more dig- more digital but i always had that like um that love with being in the dark room yeah. and like having things just the process was so therapeutic um 
so I guess like I realized I could take things from like still to motion. Yeah. Um, and how much more I could do with it. Yeah. Maybe the more kind of like agency for expression, right? Yeah. Just like, with motion alone. Exactly. Just the, like I could share more, like share more places. Mm-hmm. I guess like I could circulate it more than I like, I guess more easily than I could do stills. Right. Um, you know, just like small previews of it, like putting it out here and there. Like, right. I guess it was just because of that nature and also the sound um because i have a, I have a very strong relationship to sound mm. um and music yeah um so i was like hey this is this is it like motion picture like this is it yeah and then i got like um kid october and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah and and all of them like together and you know i insisted on like paying them for their labor like even though it was the first project i was mm-hmm. like no 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 we're all getting paid yeah like, yeah 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 so that was the beginning and then i didn't know what to do with the writing to be honest i was like i don't mm. know what like the real ass content is going to be <laughs> like content, i feel like this is just going right. to be a whole bunch of drone shots of places right. that i like mm-hmm. um and the mosque yeah. uh, but you know what's actually happening and then someone pissed me off like like i actually like, got really angry talk to us talk to us you could say it here it's okay this is a space <laughs> this is a space <laughs> Um, no, I'm not saying any names. <laughs> Those are their name. God damn it, Navi. Please go ahead. Lay, lay it on us, Let's man. call them Anna. Okay. Uh, okay. That's an, all we need to know. Go ahead. <laughs> Anna, be prepared. Um, well, actually, like, interestingly, I feel like we take it for, we just take being here for granted. Um, and we forget, like, legitimately forget um, whose land we're on. Yes. And then. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like racialized people that are not like non-indigenous racialized people do can do that and be complicit of that, mm-hmm. and so like particularly it was someone that was a racialized person that was not indigenous that like I felt like in conversations with me was not acknowledging like that there was that privilege yeah. that they held and I wanted to scream at them. But I didn't out of like, you know, respect. And I also understand that I need to be like compassionate towards, you know, racialized people in general. Yeah. So I like, you know, held that, held that in and um, didn't want to, to say anything at that, at that point. So I wrote the poem that ended up being, I wrote it literally in like a minute, probably Whoa. not like less. I was just angry. Right. So I just wrote out it. Out of rage. Wow. Yeah. So I wrote it for that person and then um, immediately I was like, okay, this is probably going to be the content. And then I called in one of my friends, Sumia, who was the, the voiceover mm-hmm. actress, um, who's also like a singer. And then we oh, went wow. to like UTSC's like Fusion Radio like booth. Fusion and then Radio. We, <laughs> yeah. Fusion Radio, man. Yeah, we recorded that and then that became like the... Um, the, the narration yeah, voice, the narration. right? Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and I appreciate you, you sharing that as well. I realize we may have pried that out of you, but, um, we appreciate you sharing that because that's like, that's, you know, um, it's something that I even, I even think about when we, uh, when we come in and speak to our guests as well is that, um, of course, yeah, we're, we're excited to, to sit down from people who've lived or have grown up in, in spaces close to ours or, or familiar to ours. Um, but you know, a, a colloquial term or something that is, uh, will often be said, um, that, you know, is worth being mindful of is, you know, to even have, have called you like a, uh, a Scarborough native, 
you know mm. that's like something that I, I think about sometimes that uh often becomes like said very casually mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i think about that too is like yeah what what kind of impl- implications come there right it's like mm-hmm. yeah if you think about what a what a scarborough native really looks like that, 100%. that would be like a hodnoshoni you know yeah yeah 100%. Um, or there's like yeah so yeah. many so many different kinds of um or tribes or, or clans that kind of even fall under this like space you know and mm-hmm. and again that's like a term that just gets used to talk about someone who's been here for a while yeah. but um that alone kind of opens up precisely what you said which is mm-hmm. that uh there have been people and there are people who are still on the side who've been here for so much longer mm-hmm. um and it does get complicated it does get complex when you think about how or why um folks like us have have ended up here or have have found ourselves here right by choice or by force um and in a lot of ways that can like yeah lead to maybe a a kind of entitlement or Mm. um you know the feeling that it's not maybe necessary because there's so much baggage or there's so much trauma that you're still working through given that you know it it took a lot for you for us to get here Mm. um but i guess that, that is like a you know a question worth asking right is like at the end of the day why why is it important for um for diasporic or first or even second generation or mm-hmm. 1.5 generation immigrants uh, or refugees to acknowledge that and and understand that role what do you think it kind of boils down to i would well i think of um when i go back home to like pakistan you mm. know and it's like that is where my family that's been there and like lived there and you could say like are indigenous to there mm-hmm. how would they feel if if like this if the Brit- if the british succeeded in 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 like colonizing like um like settler colonialism and in yeah. like um british india you know right how would they feel if it continued and that's what i asked myself because it was a reality that happened to our people too right so that's what like continuously that's what i ask myself like it's like what would how would they feel if the same thing happened to them Mm -hmm. um so i just have like that empathy because it's something that we've we've seen so my like grandparents were from the other side of the border they're actually from like india like present-day india okay and they migrated across the border um because some white man drew a line you know yeah yeah, yeah. And then drew we ha- a line in the yeah. sand yeah so i understand that like what these these borders mean and like what what the effects are and like what happens and um i couldn't do that to someone else or i couldn't like yeah i couldn't bear like you know being complicit mm-hmm. so i think i just always remember that uh because i have the privilege of escaping whatever is happening in like south asia and pakistan the reality of that right and coming here it's like how do i execute the privilege that i have as yeah. like a settler here mm-hmm. so um but it's also it's it's i think everyone should like be always like remember to be humble in a way um yeah and execute themselves and like even like the earth is not like ours like humans are not above other mm-hmm. creatures and like mm-hmm. blah 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 like i literally be driving down the dvp and like there's so many dead animals in the road yeah you know and i'm like we just like build on top of existing um you know existing homes existing just like you know yeah without care um and for me it's like you don't just that it doesn't i don't 
understand <laughs> yeah, basically that's what it boils down to. i yeah, don't yeah, understand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also this becomes very difficult and, and kind of overwhelming when you think about or when you're confronted with this like the question of like what what can i do right or like how much can i do mm-hmm. um, that feels impactful because that's often a question that we find ourselves battling within ourselves or within like the the people or the places around us right is like what more can i do mm-hmm. because i feel so helpless right now right or, or feel so trapped bound by um whatever it is it might be an institution it might just it might be family right mm-hmm. becomes a very very challenging kind of question to ask but um yeah i mean we certainly feel that you, you did a beautiful job with east um Thank regardless you. of yeah how uh how kind of short it is there's so much that's packed into it um and i love that this is like a poem that was written out of rage <laughs> obviously <laughs> you know we're glad that like you found an outlet for it at the time um but yeah kind of provides a, a lot more context for us as to how it kind of came together yeah and uh what were some of your favorite films while you're creating this oh a lot hold on let me just think about this because there were there were a lot when i saw moonlight Mm -hmm. um and that that movie changed like my life in so many ways i feel like it was just this place it was just so located in um geography and like home like home in this like particular place Mm -hmm. which was um liberty city right um and I saw a reflection of like Scarborough almost Whoa. in this story, you know, in this, in this, uh, wow. yeah. So I was like, this is really interesting um, that someone got to do this. And it was also like, not like, you know, the biggest production in the world. Um, and then that, so that was a movie that was like very, very inspired by um, just like the fact that the water, you know, there's, 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 there's water yeah, in that yeah. film and there's water here and mm-hmm. that's such a, like a huge aspect of being from scarborough like yeah. the bluffs the bluffs yeah, yeah. Really. yeah and like port union which doesn't get port the attention it it probably deserves i don't yeah. know absolutely i agree i agree yeah um so that's the that's like the reason that that movie like shifted me mm-hmm. um and inspired me at the time but with like regardless of like what movies i was watching um the text scarborough um it's a book called scarborough and it's written by Catherine hernandez okay that book like after i read it i was like this like i don't know how to adapt this into a screenplay right but i do know how to like do my own shit about this yeah, yeah, yeah. and like kind of carry Visual on that conversation yeah kind of, right so that's basically like the text that inspired it because I'm a very multimedia person. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like only like the vis- like, you know, movies that inspired me. Right. Like on one end, it was like Moonlight and on the other end, it was like um, the novel Scarborough. Yeah. Um, and then like I incorporated my own, um, you know, my own narrative into it and yeah, then, like yeah, yeah. mesh things together. So it was like those, I guess, like those two things um, that brought it together. I, I guess. Yeah. 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 A perfect kind of blend of uh, like written work or written ideas as well as, yeah, as we kind of said, uh, visual ideas, right. Mm-hmm. And, and bringing them together. Um, it's something that you, you, you mentioned to us, um, you know, which we're, we're certainly kind of keen to ask you more about as well is something that you're working on right now mm-hmm. um, titled postscript. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And you, you mentioned uh, earlier that um, you know, music plays a big part in your life as well, which is mm-hmm. obviously something that we're we're always happy to hear and mm-hmm. excited to hear. Um, but um, 
given that it's something that you're working on, obviously we don't want to to share anything that you wouldn't want to share. And there's obviously only so little that we know as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, for those of us who are interested, um, what what is the kind of idea behind it? What is the concept behind PostScript? Um, where do you plan to, to share it? Um, and, and when do you plan to share it? Um, well, PostScript is a multimedia installation that's going to be... Um, release at Nuit Blanche this year. Okay. Officially. Dang. Yeah. Nuit Blanche Scarborough in the city. So it's gonna be in the city and in Scarborough actually. So I got lucky and like yeah. Thank you so much. Everywhere. Worldwide. <laughs> you know we need we need like a plane. Like a like Yo, a plane. Yeah, most route. definitely. Okay. That's what we're gonna add to the board. Notes, notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um please continue. Sorry. Um so yeah it actually will be um in front of uh the toronto public library civic center scarborough civic center branch yes, okay. um on so the road very close to or similar to to where um, the installation was last year yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. very similar close to there so um and then the other one um is probably going to be at gallery 1313 in parkdale in parkdale okay because both the st- stories are actually they're, they're about it's about parkdale and scarborough right so east and west yeah i just wanted to make sure i was securing places in both pla- um you know in both areas mm-hmm. so um I guess like the local people could. That's right. Yeah, that's right. it's accessible for the people it was made for. Made for, yeah, yeah of course. Amazing. So that's and a um, and if you were to give a, a one-liner of of what you hope the story you kind of care to share in postscript, um, what would you say it is? I think this time, um, I want to like at the core of of like because my work is always about geography mm-hmm. and it's always about like placehood and like um you know finding finding home in places right um and then humans and geography mm-hmm. uh, i feel like i want like i want to highlight how similar experiences can be by literally displaying a, a double screen installation yeah. um and having two places you know be like run through you know footage of two places we run through at the same time right you know that's that's inspired by me having like traveled to the u.s um for film festivals and meeting Mm. people and like also just um last year i i did a film fellowship called next doc um in upstate new york and i met like an entire crew was it was a bunch of us that were fellows and everyone was from a different like state no way and then uh, me myself and like two other people were from toronto okay So meeting everyone from like different states and like seeing like the different, you know, experiences that they had, but also just such similar experiences Mm. um, of gentrification, homelessness, like navigating, like, you know, just like power um, in whatever, wherever they're from, like that, the intersections of experiences and how often that happens in North America and even like the UK and like these places. um, I was like, okay, let's just put these on a screen (laughs) together (laughs) and um talk about it and you know i could have done it with like really any city but the reason i chose parkdale um was two reasons like first like sean leon love him to death like literally like the best person in the world shout out to him um his music was there is a reflection of of like life and mm-hmm. in, in a place like that and also just suburbs in general yeah whether it's like ajax you know yeah. scarborough so that just the fact that you know i i could access like this person that 
was using this medium to talk about things that I was talking about visually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but also was talking about it visually because he does direct his own music videos. Right. Um, I was like, this is awesome. Like I have someone in the city that could do this work with me and right. I don't like doing things alone. Okay. Like, that's just the way I, I don't know. That's just the way I am. That's like fair. I'm not like a person that does things alone. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like this person, I definitely want this person on board mm-hmm. um, to score the film. And another reason is also because like I went through intensive therapy in Cam H wow. um, on Queen Street. Okay. And which is which is very close. So it was on Queen and Ossington. Right. And um, I was in therapy for like two years, like very recently stopped. Um, but I had a relationship to Parkdale because most of the patients that get filtered in okay. are from Parkdale. Right. Um, and okay. so like I, I like all of a sudden was a patient just like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was obviously familiar because I had to go like so often. So right. like I was, you know, walking around King and Queen and um, familiarize myself with like places to like eat and like whatever. Yeah. So that became like a kind of like second um, home for the time period that I was like he- like engaging in my healing process. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just realized that okay, th- like there's so many reasons why these stories should like come together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this this needs to happen, and then yeah, thankfully it's happening. Yeah, my goodness. Um, thank you again for sharing that too, because um, I think what I see present in both East um, and you know what is soon to be Postscript is a um, a very kind of intense combination of your lived experience. Um, and how, how your lived experience speaks to something kind of larger than you, um, which is, I don't want to necessarily say a challenging thing to do, but I often think about that, right? Because sometimes it can stop with like, this is my lived experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and while there's nothing wrong with that, and I can oftentimes be very poetic, um, you know, you do wonder, right? Is like, where where do we kind of go from here? Or how can we maybe move forward with what mm-hmm. we've experienced right now? Um, but that's something that I think you you, you did really well in East. Um, and I can imagine, yeah, it sounds like is a very big part of a postscript as well. Right? It's, it's to speak to something bigger than you. Because um, it's always a fair reminder, right? Is, is that um, we more often than not don't experience these things alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, yeah, a really beautiful thing. Uh, so we're both, both very excited for this. And it's Nui Blanche of this year, 2019. Yes, 2019. <laughs> Get ready for it, okay? I will. At the same time. Like, I wish. <laughs> How many Nuris can there be in this? How many Nuris can there be? That's very <laughs> true. Uh, you're more than welcome to use either one of us as a representative. You know, if you, if you need us to do that on your behalf. Um, team newer you know we'll set up a GoFundMe for that as well yes, okay. we already know what it is I would love like you know the 3D things like the you know like Star Wars holograms like, yeah. Like, yeah yeah can yeah we, can we like do that can we, we could probably do that yeah. if if CNN can get Will I Am during the like 20 uh, 2016 <laughs> elections to be like alright guys it's looking kind of murky over here as a hologram <laughs> we can 100% get newer as a hologram to let's do it talk about your artwork let's do it that's like its own installation yeah, like, yeah that's right just you just like hey folks Whoa. yeah <laughs> just watching you like hey are you enjoying this are you enjoying this post it up in the corner with your arms folded um you briefly mentioned sean leon um who we've spoken about uh an ample amount on this show um but um, by the sounds of it it's he's someone who you host a personal relationship with um 
when did you become familiar with his music or him as an individual? Um, and um, from what we understand as well, you have done some work or you're soon to be doing some work with him as well, which is very exciting. Um, we'd love to ask you about that as well. But yeah, when when was it that you you got to know them and what um, what drew you to them? What drew you to him? Mm, um, probably listen. I started listening to to him for the first time two years ago, mm-hmm. which is fairly recent compared to like you know a lot of people in the right, city right, that right. have been like on and writing for for him for so long. Right, right, you know, right. Like the Black Sheep Army, which is yes. so it's so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, two years ago. And, um, I don't know what particular track or line or song, mm. like I realized that like, you know, he fo- follows like these themes that are so relatable. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think about it now actually. But there was, there was particular moments right. and, and, you know, tracks that I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about like a, like a, an experience of suburban life and I don't, always really hear that and um especially when it's rap rap like i feel like that's more like city Mm -hmm. people are talking about experiences in the city yep um or or like it's interesting but like i guess some sort of suburban experience but not the way uh, american suburban experiences are very different from you know like when people are talking about compton as like a kind of a suburb I feel like that's a very different experience than, yes. than something like than Ajax, Ontario. One hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I feel like that that um, drew me to him as someone who's from here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a Canadian experience and not like an American experience. Yeah. And then um, I was really happy that someone was doing work um, that reflected like those Amer- those American amazing American artists. Yeah. You know that are out there doing like work like like Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that are talking about like placehood and stuff and Mm -hmm. you know he's over here doing that work which is so important so i like knew off the bat like it was just someone that i was so interested in like you know hearing more from and like hearing more music and you know waiting for like more things yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. more Um, content more content content. yeah yeah (laughs) all i need is i just need so much content (laughs) i think you should do like an asmr with content just saying the word over and over again is that, is that how they do it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's how we I actually, do it. We, I think they move it around. Like, <laughs> I'm already getting very uncomfortable as a result of you guys getting closer to your mics here. Um, we actually have a video that we still have yet to share, but it's an ASMR video that Nivek did with like a jar of like sweet pickles. Oh, <laughs> and no. it's just him super close to the mic eating these pickles. It's disgusting. That's disgusting. But no. <laughs> what are they called? Sweet? No, what are they called? Bread and butter pickles? And butter that's it. Pickles. Wow. Gold Whack, man. And grab a <laughs> that sounds fire. It. I would never want to want to listen to <laughs> Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> like, very intentional, like, like, I'm definitely slurps. eating those, but just never listening to that. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll intro, we'll intro uh, this podcast with that video, too, just so you can't evade it. Uh, yeah, that's what like we'll it should do. be the title of, like... Of this video? Yeah, like, it's bread and butter pickled sucking yeah. ASMR. That's what we'll title <laughs> the name. That's what the name of this podcast is. <laughs> Um, oh, definitely well, not, but you know what? Um, recently you tweeted something genius. Um, you said <laughs> it's a great segue. It's a great segue. <laughs> I just I know how to do these segues, okay? Guys, I'm in the podcast biz, <laughs> biz, <laughs> I'm a professional podcast, right? <laughs> which relates to what you just said here. Which on May 30th, you said, then 
why did you choose freelance? Me, I get rejected to every job I apply to or get laid off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, did I relate to this? <laughs> really? I'm so happy you relate to it. The first uh, five months this year, I was partially employed, partially not employed. Mm. And I was looking for freelance, you know, I was trying to mm. get for freelance. People were like, why are you doing freelance? And I was like, there's nothing else. Yeah, there's there. really like nothing else. <laughs> right? Like when people say like, you know, why did you choose this? I'm like, I didn't have a this choice. This life chose me. Yeah, this life chose like, me. Like literally like, <laughs> people lay me off all the time. <laughs> like, Damn, man. Like, I just don't understand How you're laughing is. through that is like, that's courage. That's strength right there is what I mean, is. like I have a good savings account. I feel like I've been okay. responsible with my that's money good. and I stretch it when I'm like laid off. So, and then like, Fair. you know, I have clients. Like I've always had for the past like two years or a year, like I've had clients right. um, for video work. So in a way, like I've always had like a source of income. Right. Um, freelance yes but like when it comes to like actual legitimate jo- legitimate quote, quote, quote unquote, unquote yeah, yeah, yeah. jobs like i get laid off like quite often dang yeah dang. i can never keep a job i don't know what except for like way my one like barista job right yeah mm-hmm. was that but pleasant it was really pleasant yeah okay yeah. now yeah. i myself i've never been laid off i've been fired <laughs> oh okay <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> hey buster <laughs> listen <laughs> big fella <laughs> That's precisely um, how you were fired, eh? So when I when I do get fired, I'm in a state of down and out. Mm. You know, how do you get yourself out of that, that down and out state? First of all, I want to know the difference between like fired and laid off because I feel like I I have got see like the way people fire you sometimes feels like it's being it's like someone lays you off. Right. So sometimes there's a blurred line. It's a blurred line. Yeah, yeah. I totally think it's a blurred line, but the down is. <laughs> Hmm. How do I get up? That's how a really do you get out question. of the funk? Yeah. Honestly, like for me, it's like okay, I just lost this. Like, I, I don't have time to waste being down. <laughs> Fair. That's <laughs> tough, I just man. Lost this. Yeah. So like, I need to make up for that. Um. Wow. Somehow, and then like, I'm like, I'm like a pusher. Like, I I push myself really hard. I'm like, right. okay, so I lost that. Now I've got to go hard on this. You mm. know, like so when I I got I got laid off my um um part-time job at a store a retail a retail job just in like march okay and like literally a week after that or like yeah a week after that um i heard back from nuit blanche and they were like you're you're like it's accepted and i was like okay well i guess this installation needs to be fired right (laughs) right, yeah yeah. so i mean i guess i i like shifted things around and i was like if that's not going to work out for me and if I'm going to be rejected here, then at least I have this one way that's like an yeah. acceptance, like a, like a doorway. Yeah. So I'm just going to focus on like that and getting more clients. So yeah. I can feed myself. And so something you're like, you, you, you can uh, do work that you feel like is meaningful to you as well. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like a, a big part of it, I think, which is a, a beautiful thing. I feel like I, I make meaning out of, like I only sign up for things that I, I'm really deeply committed to. Like even the retail job that I, I worked, I was, I really enjoyed the company. I really loved the company. Yeah. You know, it was a really ethical company. Mm. Um, so I was like fully committed to it. Oh, sorry. It's just, you just said retail store and ethical company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I need to say, do, should I? <laughs> We can we well, can boot up if you want. We can say we can say off record if you want. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll yeah. I'll ask you off record. But Navik's relationship with retail is like, it's been it's been tough for the guy, you know. I yeah. relate. <laughs> I've been in retail for 
I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. That's a long time. It's a grind, man. Too long. You know, it really deteriorates the mind. Hmm. Really pokes at the mind a lot. Right. Especially when you get uh, when you kind of I don't know my the job that I got fired from once uh, was not that retailish. It was a customer service job though. Okay. and they uh they brutally fired me and you know what it made me better as a person it did if, if honestly if i go back i won't get fired again that's not true all right that's, <laughs> no, let's not go there we're not having that yeah we're not having that man <laughs> seriously <laughs> that was you know a dark what? time sometimes i want to get fired so i can put all my energy into the podcast scheme <laughs> <All right. laughs> That was great, man. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I yeah. do want to say that I've been fired from two retail jobs okay. in total. Okay. Yeah. And like, you know what? I'm comfortable with saying these names now. I'm okay. Comfortable. And like, they're not been like, it's not like your, your like normal store. It's like my first job was Open Fort. Okay. Retail. Right. Yeah. And then my second was Cotton. Okay. K-O-T-N. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. That's okay, right. It's a smaller, but like more boutique store, I right. guess. Um. Again, like I, I like I love them. <laughs> you know, they're both owned by racialized people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like conscious even when I'm when I'm like choosing for their work. <laughs> this is that's great. Time. I mean, good for you for um, like also landing those jobs. Much, that's like a little too much. No, well, I landed them and I lost them. You fair, know? fair like, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Still though, like, but um, you, you know, it just wasn't choice. my fate. It wasn't in written in, in my life. And yeah, that's right. It's all good. Yeah, but um you know these two companies that i still like i'm still friends with the people that fired me like, Brilliant. like that's an amazing yeah. relationship 100 yeah. they were just like you know you're really you're a really nice girl and we're like i feel like you need to like focus on other things right now um for cotton it was like you like clearly have like a lot going on with your art and mm. stuff like so you know we definitely need someone that's more that ha- can like commit more and whatever right. and i was like that's cool yeah um so it was never like on bad terms and stuff. That's good. That is yeah. really good too. It sounds like they were kind of not pushing you to make a decision, but helping you making this decision that maybe was tougher for you to see at the time too. That's I like mean, a tough thing. I would have loved the extra. That's what I was about to say. Is like even when they're like, like, yo, thank you so much for like keeping your best interest, my best <laughs> interest in mind. But like, I still need to get paid. I still yeah. need to get paid. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is yeah it's still positive that you have good relationships with them hey you never know right you might be in a pickle again you might have yeah. time to to focus more on on being present right being present at the retail store so the opportunities are still there which yeah. is good and he, uh, you know at least you didn't get fired for uh, one time i actually got fired because my manager brought me and was like Vivek, your drip is scaring the customers your drip is scared shut up and I, shut up. I was like <laughs> If my drip is scaring the customers, I don't get the hell out of here. I don't remember Because my drip is me. Just shut up, man. Every time you bring this up, I just get so upset when you start you talking know, about this. Wow, there's so much good conversation in this interview. Like, <laughs> diaspora, you know, film. And then I'm, I'm like, here, I'm like, <laughs> my, the title of this should be, My Drip is, is Who I Am. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> actually the worst you're actually the worst man but uh yeah i can just picture you like as this conversation is going on this like light bulb goes up you're like i'm gonna make a joke about my clothing is what i'm gonna do (laughs) special man it's special um (laughs) okay we're nearing the end of this episode kind of but um you know this is i guess like a, a a kind of last maybe more uh introspective question um that in some ways navik kind of asked you about here um 
but a lot of what we've talked about in terms of your art and something that I mentioned earlier is, yeah, is this intersection of um, your lived experience, what you're seeing around you, um, and inevitably hosting conversations or confronting um, a deeper um, or often institutionalized idea, right? And and trying to think differently about it or, or think critically about it. Um, and that can be exhausting, right? That can be like paralyzing uh, at some points, particularly when um, you're talking about it um, in sometimes non-direct ways. And that's a, a part of, of creating art through or, or through a lens that makes sense to you. Um, but regardless, you know, there can be points where it gets heavy, right? You know, maybe talked about, you know, when you, when you lose a job, you reach this down mm-hmm. and out point. Um, have you reached that point at, at any stage of your, your, your history in making art? Um, and, and what is it that kind of gets you out of that, gets, gets you out of this funk or that kind of like, yeah, this perpetual heaviness that can sometimes sit with you when you, when you are confronting, um, you know, whether it be your privileges or, or complacency that, you know, either you hold yourself or, you know, you realize we are holding collectively. What do you think it is that helps you kind of push out of those to, to create the work that you know is going to challenge these ideas? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I actually get that question, like, quite often. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, and, and, like, talking about, like, a heaviness of, like, the questions that I'm posing in my work. And um, I actually screened East in a at UTSC, like, this, the university I went to right. and one um one of the students actually um was a refugee mm. and she asked me like a recent refugee and she asked me she's like well she just said she's like I don't think it's fair that you place so much um pressure on us to be this um I guess like woke critical maybe yeah critical yeah and I looked at her and I was like um, well, she she explained her situation. I was like, that's not going to be you. I was like that your situation is completely different. You have you just came here. You just got here from like, I don't know, like what traumatic experiences mm-hmm. and they probably were really heavy. And I was just like, this is probably something you don't, can't afford to think about. But maybe like your children will, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'll get to the point like, as in like what basically I was trying to say and even East like I am I'm asking for forgiveness of like my of for my my elders mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford to think about like anyone else but themselves right um for survival yeah exactly so I you know told her I was like for you it's not this is like too heavy to think about and you can't afford to think about anyone but yourself so like this isn't for you right now like this isn't mm. a question I was just like of course you should be able to acknowledge but like if you can't like physically or like really invest then this is like not your time like you need to take care of you right now Mm -hmm. um and uh that's how i feel i feel like everyone should take on like how much they can't like can and like according to like their situation um and i know when like i've crossed that line with myself and i know how much i can do and can't do um you know with like just doing as much as I can I can do in like situations is like enough for me and like knowing when it's like um you know breaking breaking me breaking a boundary yeah because I definitely like when I was in in university especially like went like broke a lot of my own boundaries and like that's the reason why like you know I 
that was a really hard time for me mm-hmm. um but now i know i i definitely know yeah. and i know how i can contribute and i'm i'm still like asking how i can contribute yeah so you know and I'm, I'm in conversation with people other people and like asking them and them giving me an answer to be like hey like this is what you can do sometimes you, if you feel guilt or if you feel overwhelmed like all you have to do is like ask like yeah. hey like if I'm being problematic, what's the solution? Yeah. <laughs> you don't right. just sit there and like, you know, like, like a lot of the times, like I used to sit there and kind of like, um, dwell on it or even well, like my yeah. own, like my own struggles and my own like problems. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, okay, like, let me just talk to people yeah. about like what I can do about the situation, like what I, situation I'm in or the situation that other people are in. And then, you know, you find a solution together so that's like what i end up doing um and then sometimes it's the opposite sometimes i like completely withdraw from from everyone Mm. especially when i'm in production i feel like i don't talk to anyone i'm like i don't like want to put any of like the baggage that i'm carrying right um especially with like postscript because like it's more it's it's a longer documentary and Mm -hmm. it is more like interview style right um i don't like i've i've you know like kept myself at at a distance from like other people so i'm not like putting so much of this like on them and like keeping people around that like um are feeding me like positive energy Mm -hmm. and like understand like um what the production is like for me um so yeah that's like that's how i keep myself like steady in that case i mean that's yeah we're very thankful that you know you've you've afforded us some of your energy or to to chat and kind of learn more about you while you're doing all this work so thank you thank you very much um as i kind of mentioned we've we've very much reached the end of our uh our more more interviewee part of of the episode mm-hmm. um we usually end with like a couple ridiculous segments um but figure we'll check check in with you how are you feeling right now how are you feeling after so all good. this conversation yeah yeah okay fantastic um we're gonna jump into our first segment um, which is known as three peat. Shout out to Lil Wayne. This is a segment where we ask you three questions, rapid yeah. fire in sets of three. Um, you answer them as quickly as you can, as fast as you can off the top of your head, whatever comes first. Okay. Um, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. First question, uh, three songs that you currently can't stop listening to. Ooh, gotta be all, all Ari Lennox. Nice. Um, BMO, broke and shea butter amazing okay phenomenal (laughs) um next three foods you go to when you're emotional eating Ooh, burgers okay (laughs) fries wombo combo yeah right and also um This, this last one's probably hard because it's like a mix of like so many like probably dessert options. That's okay. But just some sort of like cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake. Boom. Okay, this was actually a test. You didn't say junior chicken once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You really think Scott <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen. <laughs> Burgers can mean a lot of different things, okay? That's, no. that's, burgers can mean a lot yeah yeah burgers can mean a lot chicken burgers are, fall under the burger category fried chicken sandwich burgers same thing yeah yeah it's okay man. junior chicken <laughs> it's different because it's not for if you're living a good life you know right. you're, you're word 
Word, word, word. No, but for me, it's... <laughs> see, it's a sn- chicken snack wrap. Oh, shit. That's like when I got to get home like late right. or if I have to like some... Like, that's the hustle food. <laughs> so I, and you know what I do? I put the Big Mac sauce in there. And this is so sad. There's times when I'm like... <laughs> I'm on production. Like, I'm in production and I'm like driving around from place to place. And I'm like, I need a meal, but I need it like real quick. Like, there's, you know, like a 10-minute window, window between like, you know... <laughs> That's it. Chicken right. snack wrap. Wow. You know, Chrissy chicken snack wrap. Dang. With, with That's the one. Sauce. This is a cheat code for all you <laughs> producers out there, all you content creators out there, you know? Get it's your snack wraps. <laughs> That's a meal for the content, content creators. That's, That's right. That's right. That's the meal. It's got to be a uh, combo for that. Triple C, the content creator combo. Whoa. Chicken Ooh. snack wrap, Big Mac sauce. Um, okay, last question for you. This one might take a second. Who are three people who support you unconditionally? Both my brothers. Okay. Um, we'll count that as one if you want. Or you can cut those two. We can cut those two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> this is really difficult. My That's community, tricky. Scarborough. Easy. Block. Easy. <laughs> okay. We have, um, I guess I'll say two more segments because you'd, uh, you'd mentioned that you wanted to introduce a new segment maybe uh involving something that we're we're sipping on right now um but let's jump into a segment that we that we always have um known as soup it up unofficially sponsored by campbell soup um and this is one where we uh simply vent we share something that's maybe frustrated us in the past hour the past day the past week the past month the past year um and it's just an opportunity to to get it off your chest um so we would start with nivek because there's usually something that you you care to share um which doesn't always have to be the case but let me ask you nivek is there anything that you care to get off your chest I have a couple, but maybe I might do one today. Okay. Man, um, this one, this is a real one, because maybe uh, a week or two ago, I think it was two weeks ago, the future album Save Me. Oh, wow. Dropped. Okay. okay. And it took me a long time to get through this album, mm-hmm. because I kept crying after oh. every song. Right. Okay. Um, and for example, the first song, Xanax Damage. Mm. Which you already know, oh my goodness, just mm. puts you in a place in your feelings. <laughs> I haven't listened yet, unfortunately. Mm. But the, the name the name itself is... Yeah, it's, it's jarring. Okay, You're... Yeah. <laughs> just, um, just mashing oh about this. You're... <laughs> he says a bar, uh, I'm so depressed with you. Right. But I can't exist with you, or without you. You're... And... If you really think about, if you really lived your life and you're, <clears throat> and you're outside, you may have been in a situation, you know, and you're like, damn, this person just makes me so sad, but I need them. Mm. It could not be healthy. You know, mm-hmm. it's all yeah. Know. Sounds like codependence, maybe mm-hmm. so a little bit. We don't promote that over here, but mm-hmm. we do promote feelings and feeling things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm big on, you know, just being really yourself this year and being very emotional and true to yourself good it's really you know i had to keep playing xanax damage <laughs> damn six times mm-hmm. spotify damage shut down i had to switch the title <laughs> oh, really? even though that's like going to title supporting jay yo I'm billionaire why well, need to be a billionaire jay maybe sell some things <laughs> you don't need to have that much money you can be a you know there's a lot of good things in being a thousand you mean 900 millionaire yeah hundred thousand here okay jay <laughs> But anyways, um, did listening to the song remind you that it is important to 
host healthy relationships and, uh, you know, be mindful of the people that you're spending time with? No. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> the complete opposite. Okay. It makes you go to like, damn, uh, it's, it's wild this summer being uh, going dolo for the summer. Okay, okay. Invest in your support systems, right? Yeah, I mean, these people held you down, so it's time for you to hold them down. Mm-hmm. That's right. And be with them and develop your experiences with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's yeah, it's good to be with boys sometimes. <laughs> just, just the boys, right? Nice. Good old boys sometimes. <laughs> the, the, this summer, I'm going on two back-to-back cottage trips with just men. Wow! Wow! <laughs> one weekend, eleven guys. The next weekend, 11 new guys. Wow. Oh wow. Goodness, it is. No, not a single girl in sight. If, honestly, wow. if a single girl comes, please get... I'm going to have to escort you out, miss. <laughs> yeah. Is this one? Only guys. Hey, Buster, I'm going to need you to leave. You're going <laughs> to sit them down, eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I'm getting you an Uber five hours out of here. <laughs> back to, back to Southern Ontario. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for sharing that, Nivek. I hope you, you feel you better. That's a lot of feelings. <laughs> that's a lot of feelings. <laughs> that's a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah. That's right, man. You well, have like, I have a question for you. This is like how I feel. It's like I, I'm obsessed with love. Like I'm so obsessed with love. Even if it's heartbreaking, I'm like whatever. Like it makes me human. Like humble me, you know? Like, mm. like that's what's going to humble me. Someone's going to break my heart. People break my heart all the time. I'm like whatever. Like I'm just, you know. I'll get over it. It's fine. But mm. it's like, I always feel that this is the way I am. It's like, I just like, even though I'm, I'm hurt or whatever, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep on, keep on going. Keep on like finding someone to love and right. like going on dates or whatever, whatever. Like, I just feel like there's, you know, it's just, I feel like it's a part of my life. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Like, I don't know if it's like a bad thing that I don't take a break. Mm. Um, but I feel like it's such a natural part of, like, human life and, like, human, like, you know, and, like, just love and sex and everything. I feel like it's just, it, it's, it's so important. Right. I think it's heal. It can be really healing. Yeah. Um, even if it's, it breaks you, I feel like even in breaking, you can heal. So, like, mm. what do you, like, do you always, like, run, you know, with those, like, bad experiences and, like, those downs, do you always, like, kind of, like, run away or do you, like, you know... Like, I'm just thinking, I'm not question. saying that you're running away, yeah. but... Like. <laughs> this is a sensational topic. Yeah, truly. Um, because it's perfectly fine to experience something horrible and then, you know, get back get back out there. It's perfectly fine to do that. Because you could still be great doing it. Hmm. I, um, I've been known, I've addressed on this podcast, especially my therapist, shout out to uh, shout out to her. <laughs> you're, um, about to, you're about to name drop your therapist. I'm about to name drop her, but she probably doesn't want it. She's a very nice woman because one time um, I told her about the time I did stand up. Mm. Her friends were talking about because they were friends who were at the time of their stand up. Oh, wow. Right. She didn't say a word. She never told. Dang. Appreciate her for that. Yeah. Anyways, um, I did tell her about I run away from things. Mm. I like to delve into the sadness a lot. And I listened to Blonde 52 times. Mm. I listened to Blonde yesterday because I wanted to feel. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I just wanted to feel that. Because, oh, also, um, Blonde is different for me because I have a lot of experiences tied to Blonde, especially Oh, jeez. Okay. And, uh, That's like, that's like Freudian in myself, I understand. Mm. Oh, wow. Damn, okay. that's a lot. Yeah. 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 Blessed. Yeah. It's a lot. It's really mm-hmm. packed. 
Did you see, uh, did you watch Insecure? Yeah. Do you, do you see the scene where that plays? No, I don't remember that scene. Yeah, it was very heartbreaking. It was, uh, I think it was, it might have been the last episode of season one or two. No, season two. And Issa has this imagining, or she imagines that. She's back together with this, the person in the apartment. And they get married. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, it's so sad. That was a moment that I was, I was feeling as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. That puts me in there as well. Yeah. So anyways, Blonde, you were saying. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I was listening to Blonde and damn, self-control. And then Solo as well. Mm. And Facebook story, I analyze a lot. So I'm thinking like, you could have just added. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one button. She uh, wanted me to uh, add her on uh, Facebook, but uh, I told her uh, I'm with you in person. Why? Why you? And then she went uh, crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Thanks, man. Thank you. I've been working on that one all yeah. all month. That's really great. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I can't believe that happened. But interesting. So you think, um, which is perfectly fine. You, you just you know, you go. But I also feel like reclining into your so so called gender is is sometimes problematic. Mm. Like I feel like there was a point in my life when you know I'd I'd be um, I am I am queer, but like for the whenever it was I was heartbroken like with a man I Mm. guess like in relation to a man, I always used to recline with my like homegirls, and I realized that was really toxic. Like now I look back and I'm like that was really toxic because the kinds of things that they would say to me to make me feel better and stuff like you know they loved me like so much and like some of the stuff wasn't like problematic that they said to me but a lot of the times reclining into their um into their safety wasn't always like the best thing to do Mm. um and it also just like in a way ruined my relationship with men Mm. um reclining into that and then also just like didn't teach me then like you know staying away from men made me realize that I didn't know then like how to communicate um and how to like solve problems that like came Mm. you know came by and like whatever so like I I just feel like when so when you like you know you're hanging out with your boys and you're going back to back and I'm just like (laughs) so like you know where do you do you feel like there could be like healthy conversations that are like healing that come out of there and and do you feel like that could be problematic you feel like you need like a woman's company to heal like why do we only recline to like our own gender to to heal when like someone else hurts us like that's my question you know okay great question (laughs) um so that whole thing obviously is a dumb joke that i say just uh, you know, see where the room's at. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's a feeler. Hey, it's a professional podcast. So <laughs> yeah. uh, but very true because with men, most likely, let's say um, uh, I get dumped, and then I won't say Chris because he's not, he's actually has feelings and he, he has empathy. Okay, which 92% of men don't have. Okay, fair. It's very just terrible. And so most, most, the average guy would be like, my guy. Just get your bread up. Just get mm. your paper up. Mm. You know, mm. who cares? Yo? Just get that money. And then, um, which is a terrible, obviously, disgusting mm. way to look at it. Now, my friends um, have empathy. They're, they understand. They won't just shit on the girl, of course. Especially if it's my fault. Mm. You know, definitely it's my fault sometimes. Mm. Most of the time. Uh, so, yeah, it is very, it is, you're right, correct, of course. It is very toxic to go into that. Mm-hmm. Like that. 
also in the summer when I'm hanging out with my my friends, it is a uh, uh, it will never I don't want to say it will never get that deep, but it's a very simple, you know, conversation. Maybe surface level, mm. surface mm. level. Stuff. Yeah. Mm. You know, a lot of reminiscing will be uh, oh man, she uh, she broke up with me mm-hmm. over this because of and out of nowhere or. I still have, you know, these feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, it really, really depends. Answering, answering my question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 will, I will just add um, one quick point to that. I think it, uh, it becomes challenging when, as you mentioned, the space isn't, isn't created, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to allow for someone to be vulnerable or for allow to someone to um, express themselves um, without judgment and, and I think particularly without um, without there being without the relationship with the individuals that you're sharing with be this kind of um, you know someone in crisis someone like here to support you're here to like work you out of it because mm-hmm. kind of what you mentioned I, I mean I can imagine like you know you're you spend or you you might spend time with someone and the goal is to like to go out or, or to, to have a good time or whatever it is. Um, that can be like very challenging, right? Because in that moment you're still feeling heavy. There's something worth reflecting on. Um, and as you kind of mentioned, there can just be very like quick fix or like simple solutions to whatever it is that you're going through. Mm-hmm. You don't need them. Like, you know, you're above them or, you know, uh, a very like, yeah, something that we, we often hear, which, yeah, is, is worth challenging in a lot of ways, right? This, this idea that men, men are trash, right? That's like a, a very common thing. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that kind of being a very um, immediate kind of reaction to being hurt um, because historically men have done that mm-hmm. to a lot of people, um, particularly the women in their lives. But as a result of that, I think I, I imagine, and again, I don't want to assume, but I imagine that is kind of something that you, you mentioned is, as well, damaging and making it difficult to, to host a relationship or host a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with, a, with a man as well. Um, and the same way, or the same thing goes on the other end. You can imagine, like, from lived experience, I know what the echo chamber of, like, just talking to, to men can be like, mm-hmm. if that space to open up and to be reflective and to honor and validate emotions doesn't Mm -hmm. exist right Mm -hmm. um so i appreciate you sharing that because um you know being with the boys can be a great thing when the space to like to be sad and to be happy and to share jokes and to roast each other Mm -hmm. all exists like at the same time right um and there's no kind of neglect um, because there's nothing worse than like pushing something aside for the sake of like putting on right Mm -hmm. and that's like oftentimes something that we are we can be conditioned to to like feel is is what we have to do mm-hmm. um and that's never never a good thing right um so yeah Navek, you know I'm, I'm excited for you and the boys this summer to become emotionally intimate you know and you know if that does happen great if it doesn't happen you got newer myself and misha over yeah. here to uh to chat with you know wow you guys are allowed at least me. I mean, Absolutely. I see you every two yeah. weeks, so <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think, uh, you know, going on a little tangent here, I think Navek has done a lot of growth in this past year alone in becoming um, more emotionally available for himself Amazing. and the people around yeah. him. Um, great. That's so great. Yeah. And, and I think the yeah. growth is only 
continuing, continuing from this That's point beautiful. onwards. Yeah, man. Shout out to shout out to Nivek. Uh, <laughs> I guess what frustrates me, I, I guess like in dealing with like um, people when, when I'm making this installation <laughs> mm. is um, how people think there's like a single narrative of like Scarborough, ah. or, especially because it's like so huge and right. people don't like people that aren't from Scarborough don't understand that. Right. Or, like haven't been here. Right. Don't understand that. And like treat me like or treat like and I've, I've heard this from like other Scarborough based writers and stuff like treat us like we're like the only experience, you know, mm. <laughs> Right. And that, like, this one block is the only block that exists. Yes, when, yeah, like, yeah. actually, there's so many Scarborough's blocks. Massive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I just, like, I guess, like, was kind of irritated because... Um, and I actually irritated with myself, too. I was kind of upset mm. with myself because um, I realized that, like, even in, in East, I only featured things on Lawrence Avenue. Like, mostly just, like, everything, like, in relation to me, which is, like, mostly South west scarborough okay um and nothing like east um nothing like northeast um like no like i guess kingston road no galloway like no mccowan and finch like you know like none Mm -hmm. of none of that no malvern nothing um and so i was kind of like damn like i'm upset that there's only like these like certain narratives um and the bluffs are just overplayed in like narratives of scarborough and just like whatever but um I was just really annoyed and irritated and i'm just like okay how do i like then go everywhere else and like how do i document that myself how do i like break out of that um these like single narratives um or whatever and also just like annoyed that people think that scarborough is this like safe haven for racialized people when Mm. really it's not because like the police still like chill around these ends you know it's not like this is like out of their jurisdiction they're still rolling rolling through suburbs yeah yeah and also um the fact that you know there are like you know white enclaves in in scarborough and that like a lot of us end up going to school like um with like you know a majority white schools Mm -hmm. exist in scarborough um and then always like not always do you feel like safe within like racial your own communities like yeah you know like class still plays a factor yeah class like i guess um homophobia and like everything Mm -hmm. like just embedded in your own community so it's like this isn't like a a safe haven for for like people like this is so just like over the past like couple weeks i just been like thinking about um you know especially in working with like the city yeah um and like they they appreciate and i I really love how much they appreciate scarborough but it's also just like it's a lot more complex than that um yeah it's deeper yeah it's deeper (laughs) than that that is that i appreciate you sharing that too um because it can you know on one hand because of how large it is and how complex it is and how many stories are going on um yes on one hand i imagine it becomes overwhelming and maybe even exhausting to figure out how to navigate the space Mm -hmm. how to tell the stories concisely um but it's not uh, enough of an excuse to to just say like okay we'll just talk about this or we'll just we'll just kind of tell the story from one street one particular suburb one particular neighborhood right mm-hmm. um and that's a challenge right but i think that's like the the challenge you want to be met with right because mm-hmm. to do that is mm-hmm. um is something that hasn't been hasn't been done before mm-hmm. um so thank you for sharing that as well um i'll share one thing super quickly um 
you know, in the in the height of this Raptors championship win, um, I've very much kind of been reflecting on Toronto's relationship, um, particularly with the black community, particularly with mm. racialized communities. Mm. Um, and it's challenging. I, I don't want to say that, like, you know, when I see uh, a white fan um, that I, I'm angry, there's resentment. Um, but I do wonder, you know, I think... Um, you know, it's very easy to just be like upset or uh, upset with people about being a bandwagon fan or whatever, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, but it's kind of it's bigger than that. You know, it's yeah. it's it's um, particularly thinking about Toronto's history um, with, you know, closing doors and, and being mm-hmm. very closed off when um, when it is perceived or it is um, displayed like a racialized community or the black communities mm-hmm. is, is causing harm or, or causing disruption in a city um when that's unfair and it's untrue um and it becomes very frustrating and and disheartening to see how quickly the switch turns when um the racialized folk when the black folks are are doing Mm -hmm. or they're bringing something to the city Mm -hmm. right um you see that with yes this nba team um you know we don't take into account that you know we got here because we we got rid of this you know an individual we got rid of a player who was loyal to this place and and Mm -hmm. had an emotional connection to this place Mm -hmm. Uh, we forget that you know these uh young black men are uh treated like chess pieces or trading Mm -hmm. cards right Mm -hmm. it's as simple as just like yep yeah just drop them over here your emotions your feelings your connections don't matter um because this is this is a business you know Mm -hmm. that's that's something that you hear and that's often the way that like conversations are closed about it it's like you know it's a business um and it makes me wonder like are you you know when someone says that i always wonder like are you comfortable saying that are you comfortable just being like yeah you know it's a business people get moved around all the time um i actually was it's funny i was having this conversation with aaron jones um shout shout out out aaron Aaron. Mm -hmm. um and i was um telling him i was like i feel like sports teams um are like armies Mm. like in that like um you know you're they could be nationalistic they could be like um you know just like it's so attached to like placehood but also but just like the negative yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. a placehood and like the most violent um aspect and also just like reflecting uh, on the history of sports and you know like Mm -hmm. i i shared um with him which i'll share with you um that the way like South Asia was colonized was through the game of cricket. That's right. And like, you know, and that's how like cricket was born as like, um, like a sport. In the East. Yeah. Um, and then brought to like the West Indies as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and like the toxicness of like that sport itself. And then basketball has its roots. Boxing has its roots and you know, like every, everything, these are very toxic things, Yeah. you know? And so, I definitely didn't celebrate and like I you know I was more I was in mourning Mm -hmm. um I didn't know like what to do and like I I feel like I wanted to celebrate them like I wanted to celebrate um the people that did it these like Like, stories yeah yeah individuals yeah and these like you know black men that that did it Mm -hmm. you know um and then like the black community in at large but like everything other than that I just didn't want to celebrate. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's exactly, that's, that's exactly what I've been feeling. And I'm so happy because it's been a storm on social media. It's been a storm. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what grinded my gears a little bit this past week. Um, so thank you very much for letting me share that as well. Um, we have very much reached the end of this episode. Um, but 
Nur, we're so so thankful that you you sat down with us for all this time. You worked through all the nonsense we had to share, um, and you're willing to to share as much uh, as you did with us today. Um, we've talked about East. We've talked about Postscript. Um, we've talked a little bit about some other work that you've done as well. Where can people go to um, to keep up with you? Where can people go to maybe even look at some of uh, the past work that you've done? My website would probably be the best place. Okay. It's like my archival like space, I guess. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Norcon.co. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not telling you that. That is in the making. Thank you for hopping on my site and seeing that I have a yeah. password on there. I'm not as bold. I'm just like... Damn. <laughs> you know, that's in the making still because I haven't been working on like design as much as everything else. Okay. So I'm going to share it soon i'll drop that (laughs) this is nivek's uh, accountability model right (laughs) here yeah um but nura thank you again for for joining us um do you have any last words for the listeners any last thoughts that you'd like to to get off your chest get off your mind i just want to thank y'all for coming and um yeah this is a really special podcast my first podcast whoa yeah and from someone that had or like i guess familiar with scarborough um so this is like extra special because it's like i feel like it's you know for the people by the people we appreciate you joining us we appreciate you sharing all these stories with us um very similarly for us i'll share anecdote at the beginning of the year um when we uh kind of sit and brainstorm who we would like to interview um you were very much one of the people at the top of this list um so to make this happen it obviously means very much to us and we simply care to continue to support you um, and continue to kind of see your stories be told and and the stories of the the people around you be told as well so thank you thank Thank you so much appreciate you both so much um, this has been episode 66 of High Top Flip Flops with Nur Khan. As always, I'm Chris, aka Chris, aka not Chris, aka bash me at the side I don't fight. I just get beat up, aka little poopy dirt, aka Dr. Do Too Little, aka Mr. Date Your Girl with you, aka it's not me, it's not you. We're just going through a tough time right now. As always, I'm with Nivek. Hey, it's Nivek, aka Nivek, aka Mr. Ronald Tony Girl Say Hello in One Way, aka the Tamil Tyrese, aka uh, the, you know, the original guy. Couch, <laughs> too. And you know what? Thank you for listening and watching. Is she breaking the nigga heart? Yeah. The person they want to see nigga feed. Is she breaking my heart? Is she breaking my heart? Is What's that on that beat? Yeah. Skinny jeans on me with a stendo. Hanging with them young niggas, flocking, pulling kick Yeah, we was hanging at the bando. Fully loaded clip when it snatched up a benzo. Threw them Dracos out of LA on a PJ. And we taking off, no delay. No delay, we taking up the murder rate. Everything from Chinto to Parquet. All the mob, forget it, have a titty. Better-